0: Be the absolute best at what you do. You have to be in the trenches doing what you do. And to think that you can spend all of your time and energy growing your business or training for the profession that you're in and then pay the amount of attention that needs to be put towards managing your total financial picture, there's not enough hours in the day.
1: So there's a preview of our conversation with Steve Tollison, a good friend of mine and fellow financial advisor at Parallel Financial. We hope that you enjoy, and please check out our new website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with Certified Financial Planner, David Chuddick, where we discuss the wealth-building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Okay everybody, so welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. And today we have a colleague of mine, Steve Tollison, um, <clears throat> who's also a financial advisor at Parallel Financial. And while being a financial advisor is a pretty cool job, Steve had the world's coolest job prior to becoming a financial advisor. So hey Steve, how you doing? And, and tell us about your, uh, your former life before being a financial advisor and what you did for a living.
0: Yeah, thanks David, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. You know, prior to becoming you know, a partner and an advisor here at Parallel Financial, um, I was fortunate enough to play professional baseball for 12 years. Um, in that period of time, I was able to to play in the major leagues for parts of six seasons and, you know, got to meet lots of very, very different people, a lot of really cool people and, uh, you know, a lot of great lifelong experiences that I'll, I'll never forget. And, um, I feel like a lot of what I did in sports prepared me for the, the world that I'm in now. And some people may ask, you know, why, how, how did baseball prepare you to be a financial advisor? Well, you know, doing what both you and I do now, David, you know, we, we manage teams, we manage with people and we manage emotions and, you know, in sports, you, you have to work with the team and you know, there's ups and downs that creates a wide range of emotions and you know, the best players in time, are the people that can kind of weed out all the noise of what's going on and, and stick to their plan and the end results follow with that.
1: Yeah. So for guys that are not superstars, you know, is the major leagues just like a grind, like you would think it is just, you know, cause I guess you probably didn't, you know, make tens of millions of dollars. So, you know, was it, was it fun? Was it rough? Was it a grind? What, what, what was it?
0: Well, you know, It was always fun for me. Um, It was a lifetime dream. I I probably liked baseball more than most, Um, and for that reason, you know, I never, I never had a day that I didn't really want to go to the ballpark. Um, But there, there is definitely a grind in it. Yeah, you're right. I, I never was a person that was fortunate enough to make tens of millions of dollars while I played. I had to fight and claw for every at bat in the major leagues that I had, and you know, every inning played on defense and know persistency and and hard work and hustle and you know all those things you know while you're young it's easy to wake up and do when you kind of get into your 30s and your body starts aching Mm -hmm. then the grind sets in and you know it becomes you know more of a job but you know the the determination to be good at what you do and, and compete at a high level is kind of what always kept pushing me
1: and do the superstars on a team i mean Do they talk to and associate with the guy that's just kind of been been on the team for part of the year and is up and down from the minors, or do you not really get to associate with you know the big names? No,
0: um, depends on who they are. Depends on their their personalities. Okay. Every team that I played on, having quote unquote superstar, Um, most of them, you know, their guards completely down. They don't really cool. They don't have a reason to not want you to be you know, good friends with them and, and a part of the team. So those are normally the guys on, on the best teams. Those are normally the guys that the first people that, that bring you in and, and help you try to feel comfortable because, you know, they their motives are, are only one thing and it's to win. And if you're somebody that can help them win, then they're going to do everything they can to make you feel comfortable and part of the team and, and go from there. Individual is they're very successful in what they do. And, you know, to be successful in in what you do, it takes hard work. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't, you know, there, it's not an eight to five deal. It's not a, you know, four day weekends. It's a, it's a grind. And, you know, when you're a business owner and you're in the grind or you're an athlete and you're in the grind to be the absolute best at what you do, you have to be in the trenches doing what you do. And, to think that you can spend all of your time and energy growing your business or training for the profession that you're in and then pay the amount of attention that needs to be put towards managing your total financial picture. There's not enough hours in the day. And you know, that, that's why, you know, people like us can, can really step in and add value. When, when you're a high net worth individual, you, you partner with people that you think are going to create value and people that you can trust and, you know, me being in that situation as a player early on in my career, um, I didn't have time to, to focus on what the market was doing and why company ABC is doing better than company company. And, you know, for that reason, you, you hire people to help you with that. And the people that are able to not micromanage and, and step back and let us do what we do are normally the people that reap the benefits.
1: Right. Well, and if you think about it, if you're a, if you're a business owner and let's say you own a franchise, you know, and you own 20 franchise locations, you are pulled in so many different directions just for business, um, human resources and acquisitions and, and everything else. And um, like you said, it would be very, very difficult to to also have the time and energy to manage your own finances. And um, and that's where hiring an advisor like yourself or myself uh, is um, <clears throat> is really uh, in our best interests and and the other thing that we've we, we speak a lot at, at parallel financial and I know that our our chief investment officer has written some literature on it is is emotions um, Do you find that that money and finances is an emotional topic for your clients, and do you find that you have to help them to manage their emotions with, with regard to decisions
0: a- absolutely um, it's the second hardest part of our job um, you know Dealing with with money is different with every individual, you know, or family, different people have different feelings towards it. Um, but, but with that, you know, being able to understand who you're working with on a personal level allows us to adjust to how each person would would handle the emotions or ups and downs in a market. And when I'm, when I'm meeting with a, a prospective client in our first couple of meetings, you know, I'm trying to help them understand what's going to come. Um, by no means, shape or form, would I ever say, hey, our portfolios are going to return any certain number, but I can guarantee that there will be a large correction. You will be part of it. And how you react to that will completely change your financial picture. If you take it in stride as if you're in the shopping mall and things are on sale, and now you're, you're going out to add, then that's one way of doing it. Or if you're of the mindset, I can't lose this amount of money. Um, The markets are down 20%, a global pandemic is happening right now. Um, I need to sit on the sidelines and just wait. I'm, I'm very straightforward with the prospective clients saying, look, we're not the right people for you because that's a losing proposition and trying to move in and out of the markets based on emotional decisions. Doesn't work
1: yeah there's a lot of statistics on timing in and out is, is just about impossible to do uh, correctly. Um, have you ever found yourself and I know that I have for sure being you know the emotional uh, police between spouses uh, in, in meetings because obviously we all feel differently about money. Um, mm-hmm. men and women are different anyway and then when you add money in there it, it becomes a, a crazy situation and it's certainly you almost become a marriage counselor in some sense. Have you ever found that?
0: Absolutely. Um, in in rare circumstances, um, are we dealing with a family where the wife is super aggressive and the husband is not? Um, it's normally the opposite. For whatever reason that is, um, I will say that at least more recently, um, a lot of the decision making that that I've dealt with with clients have been with the the wife instead of the husband. You know, the husband is the normally the business owner that's in the weeds of everything and you know, the wife is, you know, someone that's helping manage in the relationships outside of the business. And, you know, it's kind of been a unique situation where I, I don't want to feel like I'm I'm sharing information with one and not the other, or I don't ever want to feel like I'm teaming up and siding with one side of the couple versus the other. So, I mean, in a lot of those situations, you know, I try to create open, open conversation. Um, I try to help, guide the conversations to end that the client sharing exactly what they're feeling and and wanting so that it's not as if I'm asking them to do X, Y, or Z. And, you know, it it is a different dynamic.
1: It is. It, It can be for sure. So one of the stories that I always, you know, think about when when I'm talking about financial advising is and I'm sure this happens to you as well. Maybe you're at a Christmas party or at a social event and somebody asks you, what do you do? You say, I'm a financial advisor. And they say, Oh, wow. You know, if I gave you $300,000 to invest right now, where would you put it? My answer always is, I have no idea. You know, I, I don't know anything about you. I don't know. Maybe you should pay off debt. I have no idea. So until we had a, you know, a series of conversations, um, you know, I couldn't make any, any recommendations at all. So so I say that to say that the expertise that you, I, and our teams uh, bring to the table is is pretty valuable. So, what are some of the areas in addition to investing? Because we know that uh, you know a client that has a retirement account, you, you're going to figure out ways to invest that money that makes sense for them. But what are some of the other areas that you, as a as a really strong financial advisor, uh, work with clients? Yeah,
0: that's a that's a great question. Um, because so many of, uh, of my clients are business owners, you know, we run across, as, as I know you're seeing also, a lot of the same problems. Completely different businesses, completely they could business owner A and business owner B could not be more different but yet they still deal with all the same headaches. Multiply that by 30 or 40 clients, you start figuring out how to fix the headache. You start trying to figure out what's the medicine to, to make this problem go away. And.
1: So what are the the most common headaches that you're seeing from your clients that you've figured out how to, how to solve? Right. So
0: I, I would say two years ago, overwhelmingly, how do we keep our good employees from being poached from our competitors? You know, you've different lines of businesses, you know, the economy's growing, you know, people are trying to hire qualified people. There's not enough qualified people. Um, so they start poaching from competitors. And so we had quite a few business owners that were lo- losing employees that they did not want to lose. So we started working on how to structure vesting contracts to put golden handcuffs on on certain individuals, which kind of led more to an estate planning and things of that nature. So there was a lot of creative talk on Know, best practices and, and how to do that um, other challenges were were health insurance um, you know working with business owners you know
1: but but it's called the Affordable Care Act so you mu- <laughs> they must have been doing something wrong because the politicians can't lie can they
0: no no they cannot uh, they cannot it's it's affordable to very few people um, <laughs> I mean being a business owner just like you um, I don't use Obamacare mm-hmm. um, I looked for alternate sources of, of health insurance, just because, you know, for a growing family, you know, an extremely high deductible and 12 to $13,000 or 12 to $1,300 monthly payments is, is, is tough. And so you, you spread that out over, you know, 50 employees or hundred employees or 300 employees, that number keeps growing. And then on an annual basis, you know, getting large increases.
1: So you know, now you have that. one you have one corporate client and you saved them or were able to point them in a the direction to save it was six digits times a little bit wasn't it on their health insurance premiums
0: yeah that, that first year we had we had two different local client or local companies that that we work with one ended up saving about two hundred seventy five thousand, and one and one saved 350. um same plan the plan was just audited at a level um, using actuarial data,
1: and so I'm going to go out on the limb and say that your financial advisor fee was not three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So they probably came well ahead out of that deal, huh? Even even though you know you don't work for free, but with that savings, you definitely uh, put them in a better position, didn't you? Yeah, no, that that that
0: was their net savings. Sure. Um, it was just a, an understanding that I was expecting that to go into their investment account, mm-hmm. um, and that that's that's a hundred percent margin business for them. It was sure. just it just showed up and you know that was 3 years ago both of those companies have grown significantly and their their health insurance premiums have gone down on an annual basis so that 350 3 years ago <laughs> multiplied again 350 again last year 350 again i mean that's a compounding number that if it's not compounding and it's going the other way after 10 or 12 years of, of steady increases, then their total savings is through the roof.
1: Right. And I think the lesson there is without proper advising and without proper counsel, many businesses will just accept the fact that XYZ problem is just what it is and there's no way to solve it. But when you have a good advisor, you know you talk about some of your struggles, you talk about your problems, and if it's possible to solve, the, the advisor and, and his or her team go back and solve it for you. And in this case, it was possible to solve.
0: That's right. I mean, so, so many people are simply sold things every, at every turn. It's someone trying to sell them this or someone trying to get them to buy this insurance or someone trying to get them to do this. You know, we are compensated on various lines of business that we help with but in no way shape or form is there ever a sale it's it's sitting down it's understanding the problem and then it's it's us doing the due diligence of understanding what the landscape of solutions look like and then we then hone down that landscape to what fits the business owner so we're doing all the, the heavy lifting we're doing all the various meetings with the different groups and then when we sit by the time we're actually sitting down to garner an hour of time from the actual business owner and our client one they fully trust us but then then two it's black and white because you know the numbers are there at the end of the day and it's hey look if we pivot and do this this is the savings if we stay where we are this is what that continues to look like what do you want to do right and it's been at least the healthcare side of it, never in a million years did I ever think that I would have anything to do with healthcare, but it was such a large problem for so many of our clients. And it's in our best interest, meaning we manage money for the business owner if our portfolios are doing well, but then we're creating value outside the portfolio. I mean, there there were years that the the savings in healthcare trumped the returns in the
1: portfolio. I mean, how many advisors can say, that. And um, do you have any, I know that you've done some work creatively with helping high, um, high earners with, with taxes. Can you, uh, you know, just briefly, briefly give kind of a a cliff notes version of how you do that?
0: Right. So, I mean, same deal. I mean, my my goal working with the client is to add value outside the portfolio. The portfolio Greg is going to do what it's going to do from the tax side of things. You know, based on income and AGI, there, there are governmental programs that are widely available if you know about them and you know how to access them. And then you work with a team of experts, meaning your personal CPA, an advisory group like us. We evaluate what numbers look like. And if it's a situation where we can produce value, then we sit down and we dig in a little bit deeper. But it's a great way to let the money you would simply be given the government to fuel an investment that's going to pay you dividends for many years in the future. So it's no new money out of pocket and it's, it's, a, it's a unique program that was put in directly by the government and um, you know we partner with another firm, another group that that's 100% of what they do. And it's always my goal, whether it's health insurance, whether it's tax, any line of, of business involved around money like it's, it would not be fair for our client or for us to think that we're going to be experts at all the above so we bring in a secondary party that that's their pure focus
1: now that's that's awesome and i have some experience with um with some of these and you know what it really comes down to is financial advisors generally are paid based on you know how many assets they're managing from what it sounds like in a few examples the clients that are, you know, they're paying you a fee, but they're getting so much back in actual concrete return value, whether it would have been in tax savings or facilitated health insurance savings that it really seems, uh, seems like, a, um, like a no-brainer for sure. So for someone looking for a financial advisor, I mean, what, what, would, what should the average person be looking for in, in a financial advisor?
0: In my opinion, working with somebody that's independent, that can adjust with the times the world we live in is changing so fast
1: you remember like three months ago you and i would have been able to shake hands you know but now not
0: not anymore what what we do is changing so fast technology is changing so fast you know the 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 people that say hey i'm just going to put it in an index fund and i'm not going to look at it great i can show you data that we actually just, just produced a new video recently. That I can show you data where you're telling me that that's what you're gonna do, but that's not what you're doing. Right. You're letting the emotional side take over and those numbers are scary. And you know, the fee that we charge to manage assets is dwarfed by the value that we create, not just inside the portfolios, but outside the portfolios. To the extent that I would think, and I don't want to speak for for my clients, and you know, I value them as much as they value me. I hope I don't think that any of them would ever, you know, consider looking elsewhere because of the scope of value that we're able to bring to the table simply because we're independent and we're not we're not governed by a, a large bank or entity that says, "Hey, look, this is your box. Stay in your box," because the world changes. I mean, coronavirus changed. Everything.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: October is going to look very different than it is,
1: is. you know, and and as an advisor, I know that there are certain financial principles that I would just hold with a tight hand that if you're my client, you need to do this. Um, So let's say, you know, you're younger and you have young kids, you need to have life insurance. I mean, there's we're not going to argue. It's just you need to have it. But then there are other areas where there's kind of some discretion so which type of life insurance maybe we can debate on that a little bit you know there are areas where where there's some discretion so when like you and i we work for an independent firm there's no pressure to sell this type of life insurance or that type or this investment or that investment the pressure is do what's right for the client, and that's it. And that's the fiduciary, uh, the guidelines that we follow. And that's one of the reasons I love what I do as well. And 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 I chose uh, chose Parallel Financial for sure. Steve, I enjoyed this chat. Um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, um, how can they? Uh, how can they reach you?
0: Yeah, I mean, so you can reach me at uh, Steve at Parallel Financial, or reach out to David. Um, you know, we work together. Uh, we. Part of Parallel Financial, uh, independent advisory firm, um, really kind of growing up and down the East Coast at, at this point. Um, so it's been an exciting six years, uh, you know, getting to meet the new advisors that we've brought on, but also, you know, having the pedal down and growing our business is—it's um, all been fun. So you can reach us at you know, parallel.com or Steve at Parallel Financial.
1: Perfect good deal. Well, I appreciate this and uh, let's try to get together in a couple of weeks and let's uh maybe dig in a little bit deeper to any one of those topics and just uh hit hit them a little deeper as opposed to the uh 30,000 foot level that we did today. So Sounds good. Well, that wraps up this interview with Steve Tollison of Parallel Financial, and I really think we had a great conversation on what it is that a financial advisor does. Uh, It's looking at a total financial picture and helping you to reach your goals for the reasons that are important to you. So if you'd like to get in touch with Steve, you can email steve at parallelfinancial.com, and of course, my email is david at parallelfinancial.com. And I make the offer that I will give anybody 30 minutes of my time, whether it's on a Zoom call or in person, and uh, we can talk about your situation and do the best that we, uh, that we can to point you in the right direction. So that's David at ParallelFinancial.com. We wish you a great week and wish that you have a blessed week.